Welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With member podcast. RSVP is a member community for the global luxury wedding and party industry. And every week I interview a different member. After half an hour, you'll know them like old friends. Sit back and enjoy. My guest today describes herself thus. My mother always called me a late bloomer. And as fate would have it, I've been living up to that name my entire life. Although I had success in my career at a relatively young age, I got married later in life, had children in my 40s and didn't start working in the event industry until my late 30s. Much of my 40s was spent juggling work and two small children, so I never felt I could give either one the attention it deserves. As I approached my late 40s, I discovered a renewed sense of self and I've been flourishing ever since. I'm the proud mother of two teenagers, one of whom is adopted from Guatemala. I'm also a sister, daughter, friend to many, foster dog mom, marathon enthusiast, skier and art lover. Born in New York City and raised by Italian parents who worked in the airline industry, we moved from Long Island, New York to Geneva, Switzerland when I was 10, and I spent the rest of my formative years wondering who I was. I speak four languages, but I've always felt like an outsider. Not really an American, not 100% Italian, and definitely not Swiss. I didn't really fit in anywhere, so I learned to adapt to any situation. The experience has served me well. I love nature as much as I love the five-star hotel, and I'm, and I'm as comfortable in sweats as I am a ball gown. At the age of 14, my life changed when I asked my godfather what he did for a living. He provided high-end fabrics from the Como region in Italy to designers in Paris, Milan, and New York. And I knew right then, that I wanted to work in fashion. I spent many summers as a teenager bringing fabric swatches to design showrooms and also worked in a retail shop where I had to iron every piece of clothing before it was hung. After college, I ended up doing public relations for a few fashion houses, most notably Donna Karen and Hermes, before opening my own boutique firm that also produced events. In 2008, for following the crash, I found myself with no clients, a newborn, and a husband who has just lost his job. So I went to work for the Travelers Insurance Company. I quickly learned that insurance companies don't like publicity and they aren't very creative. Needless to say, I didn't last long and opened my event company soon thereafter. In my spare time, you can find me running or skiing in the woods, laying on a beach with a good book, volunteering at a dog rescue, cheering my boys on at sports events, or attending a sneaker fair. My oldest son has convinced me to trade my stilettos in for sneakers, and now I've become a sneaker head. So don't be surprised if you find me wearing a pair of Nikes under my long ground. Welcome, Marina Lurie-Clark. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Everyone's paragraph is unique because you write it and then I say it. But that really is something else. <laughs> you have had about 10 lives. You've had more lives than cats have in, in, in a whole lifetime. And you're, you know, you're probably my age or something. So that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. You really have had... 100 jobs in your life. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's good. So let's just, just go back to the beginning. Do you have an earliest memory when you were growing up in the Italian family in, in New York? I would say that um, I always remembered my parents having a lot of people over. And um, we we lived in a house in Long Island. And um, and we, we would have these big parties in our basement. <laughs> And I remember um, all of my parents' friends coming over 
And it was just a really good time. And now when I think about it, I'm like, I don't think that house was that big. I, I wonder how everybody fit down there. And But they just made it work. You know, they had a great time. And maybe that's where my, my love of parties came from. And I mean, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm just going over it again. You have had so many lives. It's, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. But what, why do you think you are a late bloomer? Well, well sorry, I, I don't think you are a late bloomer. I think you've been very good at, <laughs> good at everything that you do. You've just changed a lot Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. But obviously you do this now and, and you're in charge of your own life. You're, you're in your own company. You are obviously enjoying it probably more than anything else you've probably ever done. But yeah. why do you think it's taken you so long to, to find the niche? I think I just didn't, uh, I didn't know what was out there. I, I mean, my parents were very traditional Italian, you know, we were middle class. And I don't think that they, you know, nowadays our kids are exposed to so many things, right? There's, there's YouTube, there's TikTok, there's, there's a ton of social media. There are a lot of things out there. And so they, they see a lot of different things. And, I don't think I was exposed to that many things like who knew back then that, you know, event design or production or planning was even a job. You know, it was it was a little bit more traditional. You become a lot a lawyer, a doctor, a chef or something like that. And so I think I had to um, I had to find my way. And it was while I was doing fashion that I discovered how much I loved events. And, you know, because we were doing at a PR company, we were also doing a lot of fashion events. So we were doing fashion shows and, and we were doing in-store events and then we were doing bigger parties, you know. And I think I really just kind of learned that that's what I like to do. And someone came up to me after an event and they were like, this is your calling. But well, I had to experience it, you know. We're all creative um, in this industry. We are a creative industry. And You've obviously worked in design and fashion before this, but in terms of art forms, and uh, do you have a favorite one? Is it music, film, architecture, art? I mean, I love architecture for sure, but I would say that music is is my favorite form. I love it. I used to play the cello when I was younger, and I listen to music all the time. I feel like, you know, if you're sad, music cheers you up. If you're happy, it like makes you dance. It's just uh, it changes your emotions, you know. So. And is there any particular musician style of music that you really like? And what was the first concert you paid to go to, for example? So my very first concert was not what I listen to now. <laughs> and I think I just went because somebody convinced me to go. But it was Rainbow, which is oh. like hard rock. Oh, <laughs> I'm so jealous. I do. I do like Rainbow. I mean, oh um, um, I mean they are the acceptable side of hard rock because the tune <laughs> the tunes are catchy it isn't just just in your face sort of hard right. metal but uh but um but yeah no rainbow is brilliant i wish i was old enough to have gone to a rainbow concert sorry so that sorry, <laughs> sorry that doesn't sound too uh, that sounds awful to you to yourself but uh but yeah. yes no i would love to have been born maybe a few years younger and i could have gone to one yeah. because yeah richie blackmore oh wow yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that was my first concert. And now I, I mean, you know, I listen, like I said, I listen to different kinds of music depending on my mood. So it can be everything. I mean, I, my favorite is obviously like disco music. I love it because I love to dance. But, um, but you know, I, I am a fan of Travis Scott's latest album utopia <laughs> and i listen to it in the car all the time okay so what disco from the 70s you mean like donna yeah, summer 70s and, so yeah. yeah donna yeah. summer and motown yeah. and all of that and 
how about television film? Do you go do a binge on Netflix? Is there a particular genre of movies you like? Honestly, no. So I don't really like TV. I feel like, especially Netflix, it just, you go down this rabbit hole and nothing else gets done. And <laughs> I don't find it productive. <laughs> I mean, I love I love a good movie, right? Um, but, but uh, and I've obviously watched some Netflix, but even during the pandemic, it wasn't really my go-to. I'd rather be doing something else. So, okay. So favorite food. Now everyone has to eat, so you can't cop out of this one. Um, the, um, what's your favorite go-to cuisine? If you were going to have, if you knew you were going to have a last meal, what would it be? It's definitely Italian. It's definitely Italian and it's definitely in Italy. <laughs> but is it the meats and vegetables side of Italian or the pasta, pizza, high carbs? Or both. I, I mean, I love a good Italian, thin crust Italian pizza from Naples. And I love all the fresh vegetables and, and um, you know, and I don't eat meat, but I love a good burrata with a tomato and, you know, olive oil. And uh, yeah, that's definitely my favorite food. I do like Mediterranean cuisine. My father was born in Egypt, even though he's Italian. And so we had a lot of Middle Eastern food growing up. And that's so that's a second favorite. So in your home, you have the most amazing bar and a really hot barman behind it as well. And and he's going to make you any drink you want. OK, he's, he's got everything behind that bar. What do you order? So I was at a dinner party a few years ago and uh, Tom Krenz for the from the Guggenheim was there and he made me a drink. And it's bourbon, elderflower, orange bitters, and fresh lime juice. And 52 out of 60 people ended up having that cocktail that night. Whoa. And we nominated it the marina. And that has become my favorite <laughs> drink. So is that the name of it now? It is the marina. It's called official. the marina. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Okay. Well, that's definitely my cocktail. You are the first person I've interviewed that has had a cocktail named after them. So, <laughs> so congratulations. Okay. I think, um, yes, Melina Beckett, my partner, she, um, there is a Beckett cocktail in, in the Mandarin Oriental in New York, which is named after her. But that's so funny. But yes. Yes. Anyway. Um, okay. So you're having a dinner party in, in, in your own home. The chef at Antica Pizzeria di Michele in Napoli has come over with his pizza oven and it, uh, and has installed it and you got the bar and, and they're serving marina cocktails and anything else anyone wants so you're having the best dinner party ever who's around the table it could be anybody alive or dead people that you know people that don't know even fictitious people it's entirely up to you so i i thought long and hard about this um and i really think that i would have i would have people who have passed you know my my godfather who influenced my you know career choice you know my grandparents who were there for me when i was growing up the people who have mentored me in my life who are no longer with us i would love to have them at the table and i would love to have a, a great artists and musicians and all of that but really the people that i would want at that table are the people in my life who have passed and who have played an important role in my life so we all work incredibly hard in this industry. It's very full on. And then the day after the event finishes or the season finishes, you think, oh, my God, thank God for that. I've now got a week off, maybe, if you're lucky. <laughs> 
Let's where do you go? What do you do and where do you go just to just to just to get events out of your system and recharge the batteries for the next onslaught? So honestly, usually the next day I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting on a couch. <laughs> but my go-to to relax, believe it or not, is just going for a long run in the woods somewhere or for a walk somewhere in nature. And if I'm lucky that I could get away, I, I like to be you know, somewhere warm on a beach with a good book or with good friends. You know, I like to be around my kids, obviously, because we work so hard. I don't get to see them as much as I'd like to or be with them. So it's it's pretty simple. And, you know, when I'm not working, I want to have the simple life. <laughs> okay. but And is there a holiday that yourself you would go on with your family to a special place or a best holiday you've ever had, for example, with the family? The best holiday we ever had is not relaxing at all. We went to <laughs> we went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and skied backcountry <laughs> and um Big Sky, Montana and skied, you know, skied where nobody else skis. And that that for me, those are the most amazing holidays because we like to go off the beaten path and and do things, you know, ski where nobody else can ski or hike or or do things like that. So anywhere in nature, I would say for me is is relaxing. Okay. Now I've got to mention sneakers. Um, we call them trainers in the in the UK. Right. But so, <laughs> what on? How did you get into sneakers? So during the pandemic, <laughs> my son at the time was spending a lot of time on social media, and uh, he really got into it. He started watching videos and following people on Instagram and uh, really getting into it. And we kind of wrapped me up into it and I had a little bit of extra time. So we were meeting people and buying sneakers and then selling sneakers. And then they started doing these fairs and you would be amazed at like the size of these fairs and the number of sneakers and people and the passion and the uniqueness and the creativity and the history on some of them. And, some of the artists that contribute and the collaborations that have occurred, you know. How many pairs do you have? <laughs> I probably have, um, I probably don't have that. Like I have probably about 20 pairs of sneakers that I rotate, but my son has, I think we were looking at them yesterday, probably about 50 sneakers. And then on any given day when there's a fair, it could be up to a hundred pairs. <laughs> But he doesn't wear them, right? Yes. Okay, got you. So it's a it's a partial business. It's it's yeah, like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's like pins and swapping pins and things. Right. Like, well, yeah. When I was in Disneyland a few months ago, I, uh, these people were just there swapping pins, or uh, yeah, from that point of view. So so yes, it's okay. They do that as well at the sneaker events, but, yeah, um... because they release only a certain number of of pairs in a certain style, don't they? So they can be they become a limited edition, therefore they're collectible and. And and sometimes you see usually quite young people queuing outside the store waiting for the release, don't they? <laughs> and you think, why? <laughs> yeah, it's not just a store, right? It's um, Nike has special drops, and if you get them, you get them, and if you don't, you don't. So it's all about trying to get those special drops. Nike, Adidas, all of them. And then you put them on eBay half an hour later, hoping for a exactly. profit. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. okay. <laughs> okay okay wonderful so you presumably have a bucket list most, most people have 
and I imagine you've ticked a lot of boxes on that bucket list in your in your time. Uh, but there's probably quite still still quite a few. So what's on your bucket list that you you want to do? So I definitely want to go on an African safari, which I haven't done. And after listening to Colin's podcast, I would like to go on a safari with him. Well, well, all I can say is with RSVP, watch this space. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, you may be more than welcome to... Ticking to do, off that, that yes, bucket list. Yes. Okay. Certainly within, maybe within the next couple of years. So nice. Watch the, so watch that space. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And do you have a special talent? Does it come out when you've had a few too many marinas? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, I did put myself through college baking these apple tarts called crostata. They're made with apples and, and uh, they're like, you know, like an apple tart. Um you know, I was a, an entrepreneur at a very young age, <laughs> so we were making these apple tarts and uh, and selling them to local restaurants while in college. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, my friend and I. And so mm -hmm. I still occasionally break out the rolling pin and make them. We all work in luxury. We're all in the space. But luxury is a very overused word, I think. I agree. There's luxury, luxury, there's affordable luxury, there's there's more different levels of luxury. How do you define it? And is there sort of an example you can say, well, you know, that is what I think is luxury. And it could be an experience, it could be a product, it could be could be anything. I can tell it to you. I, I will say that having worked at Hermes, I really learned what luxury is in terms of product. Okay. It's a product that I mean, they control it from beginning to end. The artisans that work there have worked, you know, they generations of artisans, they hand it down to their children. They own the tanneries, you know, it's like Correct me luxury. if I'm wrong about something, but Hermes is is the only well, certainly of any size, the only true luxury brand left that's owned to still owned by the family, isn't it? Am I correct? I mean, there's probably lots of smaller artisan ones, but as it's a global brand. Everything else has been bought up by LVMH, hasn't it? Or, correct, or, correct. Yes, or caring or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, part of part of the training, I went there as a PR person, and part of the training was to spend two weeks in their factories learning how to sew their bags. You know, I made a wallet or something. I can't remember now. Just to understand and appreciate the quality of, of the goods and what goes into it and meeting the artisans and all of that. And, you know, the, the employees don't get any discounts. It's not like I could yeah. get at the front of the line for a Birkin and get it for 50% off. So I think it's luxury is about, you know, not me making it accessible to everyone. I does I'm, I take Hermes because that was my personal experience. Yeah. But, um, you know, when someone says, uh, this, this item is luxury, but then I see, you know, 200 people on the street with the same item and somebody got it for free. And well, it's, it's no longer, I guess, unattainable. But if you ask me what true luxury is to me, because we all work so hard and we work in the industry, I think luxury is time. Mm -hmm. I think that's a true luxury. That's that you can't pay for that. You know, you can't pay for time. Elon Musk and Bill Gates only have 24 hours in a day. They have not one second more than anybody else. They just have the staff that they can pay for to use it better. Right, right. <laughs> In theory. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you could pay to have more time, I guess, because someone <laughs> else could do your job. But yeah. 
but really it's um, the time to do the things that you want to do uh, and the time to maybe just do nothing. You know, that, that to me is true luxury. But in terms of product, to me, it's about, you know, like a really special product that not everybody can have, that the quality is really exceptional um, and you're paying for it, but you're not being gouged. Yeah. You know? Okay. So and in 10 years time? In 10 years time, I definitely know what I want to be doing. I really want to be mentoring other people, whether that's in the event industry and in the fashion industry. Uh, I think I had some incredible mentors in my life. I mean, one of them was my old boss at Donna Karen. She took me under her wing and she taught me things that no schooling could have ever taught me. And so I really want to spend time mentoring kids or, or mentoring young people and and teaching them things that they can't learn from a from a video or from a TikTok or from us from even from school, you know. It is so true. I mean, I mean, it, real life at the workplace is so fundamentally different from a classroom. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a big bugbear about this. Um, that I mean, why can't schools do a better job in actually teaching you how to run run your life properly <laughs> or do a job? Yeah, we take a lot of interns, you know, at my company, and I always make sure they're not just serving coffee, right? I want them to experience. And if they have something to offer, I want them to contribute. Um, I think uh, I think that's so important. You mentioned Donna Karen there. I mean, um, maybe it's her or maybe somebody else, but can you think of any sort of one specific piece of advice that she or somebody else gave you that X number of years on, you're still thinking that's so true, that is so true? She she said, you never say no. <laughs> you never say no. Well, well, okay. That's, Actually, that... it was my boss. It was my boss who said, you never say no. But it was her as well. You know, we always figured it out. If Vogue called and they wanted a particular item of clothing for a photo shoot, you know, we would go digging for the last piece of fabric to have it made in order to get it to them for their photo shoot. Or if we had to like drive across town or fly it across the ocean or do whatever we had to do to get it there, we did. And I mean, it has it's a double-edged sword, right? Because it has served me well in the sense that I'm always willing to go the extra mile to do whatever it takes to get things done. Yeah. But then it's like, I do have a problem with boundaries. <laughs> like. You know, <laughs> it's an interesting thing, I think, for someone like Donna Karen or any or, or or anybody who is in theory at the luxury end of the scale to, to actually say that, because just from my experiences is that especially when I've dealt with luxury brands and I've done wedding shows, most of the time they say no, <laughs> you know, and, and but that's and, to her staff, right? Because yes, yes. what makes you know, what makes you special, what makes you different from all the rest is being able to do the impossible or do whatever it takes to get it done. And I think yeah. there's so many people in the event industry that do that, right? They they will just go the extra mile that to, to get things done. And there's always something happening in an event or in life for that matter, you know, where you have to, I, I find I'm just a problem solver <laughs> <laughs> but then again i think any brand would be crazy to say no if folk called and said i want x garments <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if maybe the hicksville advertiser phoned up saying i want this garment then then maybe <laughs> there may be no <laughs> yes, right yes, um, yes 
But yeah, so that that has always stuck with me, right? About like not saying no, just figuring it out. And that even in life, you know, when I got the phone call from Hermes to go work there, I was nervous. Was I going to be able to do that? And I wasn't going to say no. I was going to say yes and then figure it out. <laughs> okay. Now, what frustrates you? So what really frustrates me is when people don't work as a team. That really, really bothers me when they're, you know, and sometimes it happens when there's a vendor that is is like they're on their own. They're in it for themselves. And that's also in life as well, in friendships and things like that. I don't, um, I want... I want people that are going to be part of my team, people that are, you know, I'm a friend to you and I respect you to be, and you know, I expect you to be my friend in the same way. It's a two-way street. Um, so people who, who are not part of the team or have an ego, I mean, just egos always like make it a problem. Completely agree. And actually for that question I ask, that's usually a popular answer. I mean, it's quite ironic considering sometimes the egos that you do see in this industry, but I mean, I stay away from them and, and I would recommend that anybody else does and just work with colleagues and suppliers that don't really have it because at some point there'll be a problem. Right, <laughs> right. At the end of the day. It's, right. uh, yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so we're coming to the end of our session together, I'm afraid, Marita. Um, yeah. So, and as you know, RSVP is naughty. We're a naughty brand. Okay, and, and deliberately so, because naughty is fun. In fact, it's just a little bit beyond fun, you know, and, and why, why the hell not? So what have you done in your life that's been naughty? Or tell us a naughty joke or both. Oh, God, no. I am like Miss Goody Two-Shoes. You can ask anyone. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, I'm almost always by the book. You are um, you are an angel with a dirty face, or is it a, a dirty angel with a clean face? I don't know. No, I don't know. I, you know, maybe it's the Swiss in me, like that little part of Switzerland. I, you know, I, I don't like to cut in line. I don't, <laughs> I don't like to undermine. You know, like I do things by the book. I want to sleep at night, but I will say that once when I was thirteen with my friend, we decided that we would try smoking cigarettes, and so we went on. The balcony of her apartment at the time in Paris, and we were smoking, you know, on the balcony. <laughs> and somebody was stopped at the red light and started beeping at us. And so we thought it was one of our parents' friends. So we took the cigarette and threw it over the balcony, and it ended up in their car. <laughs> <laughs> well, that serves a ride, doesn't it? <laughs> so we like threw the cigarettes over the balcony, and then we ran inside the apartment, like you know, waving away the smoke <laughs> as if it would like hide the evidence. <laughs> oh my gosh! But that's really like the naughtiest thing that I can think that I've done. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we're coming to the end of our session. So, um, Marina Lurie Clark, baker of apple tarts, the queen of disco, the Imelda Marcos of sneakers, but really just a girl who can't say no. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> Thank you, James. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you wish to join RSVP, please go to the website, rsvp.club, or email me, james at rsvp.club. Our next large event is in Istanbul in April 2024. See you all next week.